from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. I'm Melody. And I'm Josh. And we are back again to talk all things media. I am really excited about this episode. But before we get started, I wanted to invite all of you out there in podcast land uh, to definitely go check us out on Facebook, like our posts, uh, comment on any of the episodes. Let us know what you think about the show, some things you'd like for us to add, or maybe some things you disagreed with. We love to hear from you because when we hear from you, the show gets better. So go do that as quickly as you can, and we would definitely appreciate it. All right, now let's go ahead and hop into the show. Welcome to the main event. All right, guys, for our main event this week, we are reviewing Arrival. There are days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. Signs of what might be called first contact. The objects measure at least... I'm Colonel G.T. Webber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. Their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Got 21 hours before they start global war. So, how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Why does this feel worse? All right, the IMDb description of this film says, When mysterious spacecraft touch down across the globe, an elite team, led by expert linguist Louise Banks, is brought together to investigate. As mankind teeters on the verge of global war, Banks and the team race against time for answers. And to find them, she will take a chance that could threaten her life and quite possibly humanity. Full on sci-fi this week, people. I'm so excited to hear what you think of this film. Uh, I have a lot to say about it, but I'll take my turn later. So we're going to get first impressions from the team, starting off with Chris. Yeah, no, this movie was absolutely spectacular on every level for me. Honestly, I went into this uh, this film pretty not, not knowing a whole lot about it. Uh, I'd seen like a trailer. I've seen uh, I heard some some really good buzz going into the film, but I really didn't know all that much about it other than it was another aliens making first contact movie. And of course, I'm in for that. But I didn't know what to expect as far as tone goes. I'm familiar enough with the director. Um, He'd done things like Sicario and Prisoners, I think, before. So I've got a feeling Chad is a huge fan of this director. Is that right, Chad? Yeah, you like this guy. I love him. Yes. And you want so, to say yeah. his name, maybe? Yeah, Denis Dennis. Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Say it again, because that was beautiful. Denis Josh. Villeneuve. Ugh, yes. Uh, yeah, oui, oui. French. <laughs> uh, so, 
No, anyway, but so obviously he has quite a pedigree coming into this film, some very critically acclaimed movies. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really ate this entire this entire movie up. You know, there's there's some slow moving bits at the very beginning, but the reason why they take their time is fully justified, I think. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this movie because I feel like uh, you should go in as blind as possible. And by that, I mean not seeing the trailer. Don't even, I mean, I wish we wouldn't have even read the IMDb Facebook uh, or the IMDb it's um, summary. It's inaccurate anyway. Don't worry about yeah, it. And yeah. It, let me ask you that real quick. Where did you get that description, Melody, from IMDb? IM, yes. Yeah. That's weird because I, I pulled it up too and the description that mine says in typical IMDb, IMDb fashion it's a, it's one sentence. It says a linguist is recruited by the military to assist in translating alien communications. Well, I can say that instead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's just funny. That's what mine said, and you had like this whole paragraph. Wait. Anyway, sorry. well, I thought it felt long, but that's what it was. That's what it says. You must have different internets down there <laughs> oh, in Florida. I was just saying, no, I, I, I'm reading the exact same. What 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 website are you on? IMDb.com. Wow, mine mine says the same thing. Linguist is recruited. Anyway, I think Uh this might mean something, guys. They're watching. It does. does. She should always read the descriptions. That's what it means. (laughs) What's happening right now? Daniel Daniel is not here to ground us. Just continue. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, so I I thoroughly enjoyed the film um, because I knew very little about it, and I think I think the least that you know going in, the better. Um, but just to suffice to say, you know, Amy Adams is a spectacular job. Jeremy Renner uh, is is it's fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> Not necessary. Um, the, the, the supporting cast, I think, is 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 good. They're, they're, they're there. But Amy Adams is in full effect here. Um, I think she does a great job. Now, I'll be honest with you, because I didn't know much about this movie and hadn't heard a lot about it. All I will say is this, that. <laughs> I, I am very familiar with how movies work. Uh, I've seen a lot of them. Um, I understand when to expect things to happen in movies. And I'm not usually all that emotional when I see films. Uh, no matter how awesome it is, you know, I, 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 I you know, get excited or whatever. But I, very rarely is there an outward show of emotion for me while I'm watching uh, a movie. I left this film literally in tears. Melody and I uh, saw this movie <laughs> together last night and while we were driving home we, both of us were crying uh, talking about this movie. It and happened so, people. It, it happened. It, it, was, it was actually beautiful. Um, so I, that's, that's the, the, the what I will say about this movie is, is that I took a to bring us all back together. <laughs> I didn't. I honestly I, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't prepared to feel so much. But man, this movie made me feel the feelings. And so I cannot, I honestly can't recommend it higher. It's one of my favorite. It'll probably be my number one movie of the year. I don't know that I'm going to see any other film that, that affects me in the way that this one does. But man, it was spectacular on, on every level. So that's my review. And I can't wait to talk more in spoilers. But ugh, it was great. All right. Well, Chris does not pull any punches with the review. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were going to share all of that emotional information. Oh, yeah. Right I had at the top. To. I had to. But it's out there about now. not just yourself, but someone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's for that. Way to violate her privacy, Chris. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm all about, man. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I am so intrigued to know. If everyone else felt the same passionate love for this film that Josh. Chris felt. So, <laughs> yeah. 
the passionate lover himself, Josh. What did wow. you think? Wait, All right. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait hold on. Title. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. The Get passionate film lover. I'll take it. That's amazing. What are we waiting for, Chad? We I'm cannot. I, I, Josh may make his own comment about it or whatever, but you can't just pass off to Josh without at least letting the people know a little bit about Josh's history. If there's ever been a movie that's tailor-made for Josh to A, either really love or B, be super pretentious and Dude, hate everything about it. Dude, we have a whole spoiler it. section for this, Chad. No, no, no. I'm just saying, you have a master's degree in linguistics, okay? Yes. And this, this whole is movie true. is based around a linguist, okay? Hey, don't give it all away. Hey, hey. Let's, let's hey. talk well, about giving away, description. people. It's eight-word description did say linguist right <laughs> in the not, title. I mean, literally. Let's go. Let's go. Calm down. I'm just saying, you got to tee it up. People need to know Josh's background. All right, go. You're right. When, when we walked out of this film... In, amidst our tears, you were the first person we brought up, Josh, to wonder yes, we were. to wonder what you thought of this movie. So I'm very excited to know. Ready, go. Well, I literally cannot tell you until we get to the spoiler section. <laughs> um, I can only say the very broadest stroke kind of stuff here. Yes, there was an emotional component to it, but they pulled you into that from the beginning, and I felt like prepared me for it. It, I don't, it, it felt manipulative to me, um, the whole emotional side of things, but it was still effective on me because we'll get into it later. But there's there's a very certain way that you can pull in people like us into a movie and make us feel certain things, and they did that, and that's fine, whatever. <laughs> One thing I will say for... <laughs> they made Josh they, they feel... Forced uh, they forced Josh, me to feel things. Josh no, I, resents the fact. He resents it. No, Chris, it, it goes back to what you said about I know how movies work, and I know how this kind of emotional manipulation works, and that doesn't change the fact that it works, but I still recognize it as such. But, so. how, it, but how it worked like was... But how it worked was was very unique and interesting and unlike anything I've ever seen. And we can yeah, talk sure. about that in spoilers. Yeah, sure, but, sure. I mean, it really. I mean, come That's on. Absolutely. I mean, true. come on. The meaning the meaning is 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 totally different than what you're expecting. I mean, it just really is. Well, we'll talk so, about that when we get into spoilers. Yes. Well, I, I see dead people too. So. <laughs> uh, is that all you can say, Josh? No, I I can say one more thing, and that is about the overall filmmaking. It's not. It's not too often that you see a movie that is at the same time starts to feel just a little plotting, but you can recognize it as just being extremely focused and committed to the one thing that they're trying to pull off well. And th this movie has a lot of very, very tight scenes, very intimate scenes. And there's a lot of there are a lot of establishing shots to very small scenes and it's something I'm not I'm not used to a lot in movies. And I actually I appreciated it. At times, like I said, it felt slow, but at the same time it was like this this is a movie that's taking its time because it wants to do this one thing well. And I appreciated that. So okay. I'll get into my the rest of my opinions in a in a few minutes here. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I, I feel unsatisfied with that response, but as that's well you fair. Should. Because we are not in spoilers yet, so I will accept that for now. Chad, what did you think of Arrival? As Chris mentioned, I'm a, a huge fan of the director, and he did not disappoint. Just from a 
just from the ability that he has to create a tone and create a sense of atmosphere. Uh, this movie reminded me a lot, just just from a compositional standpoint, of a lot of Terrence Malick stuff, which I'm a huge yes. Terrence Malick fan. And what I found... Aronofsky. But, uh, yeah, maybe Sorry. some Aronofsky. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And so for me, this was one of those movies, and when we get into spoilers, as we've said, we'll, we'll, we'll really dive into it, but it felt like there were two kinds of stories that were trying to be told here or two messages two underlying themes one of which was very very much tied to an emotional center that brought the whole thing together which again i'm trying to be very vague um and i think that's what makes this movie stand apart i've seen lots of very heady science fiction that while I could appreciate it, it didn't connect with me emotionally. While Josh may have felt manipulated by it, I thought that this was an element that, because science fiction is often about what it is to be human, it, it felt to me that it provided an emotional core to the whole thing that paid off in, in a way that was beautiful and surprising. And and we'll talk about that, of course. I, I was going to say this, too, and it's it's really interesting that you guys – told your your story about you when i left the theater i got choked up a few times i'm a softy anyway at movies but i got choked up a few times in the movie but didn't like have a strong emotional reaction at all um little little dusty little teary-eyed a few times and this has never happened to me in a movie before i left the theater and my wife Mm -hmm. uh, was shopping actually uh, in the mall and she was about 15 20 minutes or so before she was going to be able to come pick me up so it was a beautiful night outside so i went outside and waited for her and about four (laughs) minutes later by myself on the sidewalk i began to almost openly weep i'm not kidding and of course it's for the it's for the same reasons that we'll talk about in spoilers and of course it works on people quote unquote like us but um (laughs) i I couldn't deny and it wasn't just a matter of it wasn't just an empathetic repo- uh, response where I was just like, mm-hmm. would I also do this thing? I mean, that of course, that's what most people would ask. It was just the entire emotion of the whole thing and what it meant and how they responded in, in such a way and just about life. And, yeah, I sat there and cried on the set. And so every- <laughs> yeah. Laura pulled up and I was like, by that time I had a chance to gather myself. Um, and so I give the movie credit because it, it constructed it. It was constructed in such a way that I didn't see it coming. And and I, everything about it was at, done at such a high level from – the cinematography to the acting. I agree. The secondary performances are just okay. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, yeah. same thing. Yeah. I think he was trying to do like a Boston accent. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I didn't that actually, was? Yeah. I, I actually, think. I, I thought he did a pretty good job actually. Okay. He, lately he's, He's going to be in the new Star Wars too, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I, I he's think he's got a great. I think he's a great actor. I don't have any problem with him. I just he annoyed me a little bit in this movie, yeah. but I think I think for sure that uh, Amy Adams will be nominated for an Academy Award because she yeah. she's the centerpiece of this entire oh, entire piece. So, so good. So overall, yes, I, I can't. If you like movies, you should mm-hmm. see this movie. I sat next to. My theater was sold out, which was actually pretty cool. Um, and there were literally seven or eight groups of people when the movie was over, all huddled up talking about what did it mean, what happened, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. And that's that's cinema at its at the height of its powers, where it makes people talk and think and reflect. And so, yeah, 
I, I loved the movie. I loved it for sure. I wouldn't say it's it is for everybody, but some people will be turned off by the pace. I think I think Josh is right. It does at times mm-hmm. feel like it gets a little draggy, but overall, it's very unique. It has a singular vision. It's unlike anything else that you'll probably see this year uh, in the theater, and so people should they should see it. So a huge huge thumbs up for me. I I, I really loved it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can imagine my thoughts are similar. Like, when the movie first... I mean, I was excited to see this movie. It's sci-fi. It's my thing. So I was already conditioned to enjoy the film. Then I go in, and obviously, we're not in spoilers, but the first one minute of the film, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I what? I'm not... I don't want to be emotional. Like, I didn't come here to be emotional. I came here to see aliens. What am I watching right now? All right, I'm just going to harden my heart. So I like harden my heart for this film. And like for the first 20, 30 minutes, I'm like, this is dumb. I know why this is happening. I have this all figured out. And I've seen this movie a million times. And then obviously by the end, I've completely turned around. And it's a magical piece of filmmaking. Um, and, and literally, like, we, we were in the car. It was exactly the same thing, Chad. Like, we didn't, I don't think I cried during the movie. Maybe, like, you know, I was holding back a little bit. But in the car you know say say a couple sentences to each other and then all of a sudden like both of us just like crying i've we've never i don't think that's ever happened ever never never so it was it was definitely like an experience to see this film and i don't agree with josh that it's manipulative I, i i understand why he says that but I didn't feel manipulated. I I feel like it's actually very emotionally satisfying, not right. manipulative. Um, and I feel like the emotion comes from like seeing something beautiful, not being manipulated, in my opinion. So uh, everything else, I would echo what you guys said. The pacing is slow, but I don't care. The acting is amazing. I think it ac- accomplishes all the things that it set out to do. But the main thing is this story of of being human that it tells that's awesome. So enough with the vagaries, I suppose we should give our, give our sign off on, on whether everyone should see this film and then go into spoilers. So Chris, should our listeners see this film in the theater? Absolutely. If you're, if, if you have a heart, go see this movie. All right, Josh. Yes. But if you have not seen it yet, do not listen to the spoiler section. But go watch it and then come back and listen to the spoiler section because I have a few words for you. <laughs> All right, Chad. A hundred percent yes. A hundred percent yes. See it. Yep. See it in the theater. I agree for sure, and I think a lot of people won't because they think it's just another sci-fi movie that they've seen a million times. But right. this is not that, and you should see it even if you don't like aliens. There is something in this movie for you, and it will make you cry too. All right, let us go to spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. 
And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there and all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right. Well, I'm sure you guys have a lot that you want to say in the spoiler section. So I feel like we should turn it over to Josh as the one who probably has the most drinking things to say. So, Josh, tell us tell us your thoughts. I really want to know. Okay, so I not only have to tell you my thoughts, but I have to set up my thoughts, I guess, since I'm the first one. So I will start out by saying that I did not see this movie with my wife. I did not see it alone. I saw it with a group of coworkers, mm-hmm. and we spend uh, all day exchanging Twitter links and essays about why raccoons are terrible from the internet. And <laughs> so there's a very there's a very different kind of atmosphere. emotional milieu yeah. that I was. Like we we spent fun or we spent uh, the trailer section of the movie. It was a very different trailer demographic than Doctor Strange, which was the last movie we saw together. And I don't know whether you guys had the same trailer lineup, but a couple of ours we renamed "The Fault in Our Mars" and "Life of Semper <laughs> Fi." <laughs> the Fault in Our Mars. The Fault in Our Mars yes, and yes. Life of Semper Fi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're that annoying group of people yeah. that like talk during the trailer section, huh? Uh, you jerk. More, more like after each trailer, we say how terrible it was. Um, wow, you fit yes. right in with this group of people. That's great. I, I'm glad totally, you found your oh, people. Wonderful. Hey, and okay, so that was not a spoiler to this movie. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> I had not seen the trailer to Arrival, and I didn't know like anything about it except what I heard from other people, which was a, that it's a first contact movie and B the guy who stands next to me at work, who also happens to be interested in linguistics says, well, as I understand it, it's basically a weaponized superior wharf hypothesis. And <laughs> we got to the movie and it was going along. The first act was fine. And then they got to like the end of the first act. Maybe it was more of the middle of the first act. And they mentioned it. And I just, I had to bury my head and Mm. mutter an expletive to myself. (sighs) Okay. The Sapir Wharf hypothesis... Is nothing about what this movie is about. But go ahead, continue. No, it's (laughs) it's literally everything this movie is about besides the dying child. And plays into that as well. The, The basic idea, the strongest version of the hypothesis that is really what they run with in this movie. Um, and obviously take a lot, lot further into the realm of, if you ever saw the trailer for the movie, Lucy, this is pretty much that, but with linguistics, uh, the strongest version of the hypothesis is that the language that you speak shapes your brain in such a way that you conceive the world differently. You perceive Mm -hmm. the world differently and you aren't capable of making some of the same connections Right. that other cultures who have different words and different ways of speaking about things are. Totally. And that's that's nonsense. That's It's just nonsense. The strong version of the hypothesis um, came out of a study that Worf did on, uh, not Star Trek Worf, W-H-O-R-F, <laughs> um, on Hopi Indians saying that I'm, they have I'm already falling asleep Josh. I'm... That's 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 fine because you're we're about to get to the point where I make a complaint and everyone yells at me for being way too far on the left of this. So just like but any other show. Just like any other show. This is absolutely what's going to happen. So his idea was that the Hopi Indians have no way of of perceiving linear time and that's 
the that's the thing that this movie kind of ran with um mm -hmm. not being not having a a word for time in your language is the same thing as there not being time and you know whatever that's the science fiction part of the movie the part that i have the problem with and the part that took me out of it such that the emotional component wasn't even there as much for me anymore because i was so mad at this other part is that the superior wharf hypothesis is it's the linguistic uh analog to phrenology which if you're not familiar was like was pseudoscience back in i think the 18 or 1900s um that women's and men's brains are shaped differently and so they literally can't think about things in the same way wait that's not um, true <laughs> yeah well you know like many things there is a color of truth to it that is taken way out of hand and the same thing goes for racist uh theories of physiology how different races are put together differently and so are suited to different tasks mm -hmm. and so this is a it's a very subtle inimical kind of problem running through the sciences and it would be fine if it weren't for the fact that how often do you hear people make a, a racist argument and say, you know, it's just like in that movie and they make some reference to some, it puts into the popular lexicon a way of, a way of making different cultures into an other, into a less, a lesser. And it drives me nuts that, that this is, that this is made possible by this movie that is otherwise a decent movie. So that's, that's what, what you took out of What are you talking about? This yeah. is the Here stupidest rant I've ever heard. Here we go. Here this we doesn't go. even make any sense. It's not a, that, that's not what the movie was saying or what the movie was about in any way, shape, or form. What are you talking about? Wait, wait, just dumb it down a little bit, Josh. So you're saying that because it's a faulty theory and a faulty hypothesis, the movie shouldn't Science exist? It's it's exploring an idea that is that could be true, and then building a story around it. And the the story and the people are infinitely more interesting than the actual hypothesis or theory. It has nothing. I mean, like so I'm saying, like, like sure that that's a thing, but it's not what the movie's about. What did you th What did you think about what the movie was actually about? Uh, I was too annoyed that they were building it around a discredited linguistic theory to oh to pay gosh. much attention. Gosh, I feel oh, like that. Chad, Chad did a very good job of setting up my background for that. No, so oh, I, I anticipated that. Oh, this isn't what the movie's about, and that's kind of the whole point of my rant is that it puts it in the back of your head in a way that is is not foregrounded, but is there. You have this concept that hey, there was the the linguists have something to say about that, don't they? It's like they they have a different way of talking. They have a different language they think about the world differently. It's can't you see it very readily being used to say that Arabic cultures are more violent because like Inuits have a hundred words for snow and Arabic has a hundred words for war or something nonsense like that. But it's not like they're saying no, that this fiction story all. is like a it's true. It's it's sci fi. No, but they ground, it, they ground it on a very real-world theory that has been very heavily debated. And it's something you can go to Wikipedia and look up. And it's like, oh, that is a real thing. Sure, That's the problem. Science fiction is always based on real theories and ideas that might possibly exist. 
that that just like you said, Lucy is a great example of that. Like Lucy, well, you use only 10% of your brain. Of course, that's nonsense. But why don't we explore? And that's a bad example because that's a horrible movie. <laughs> but what so I'm saying not... is, is that you can still no, but that still is it is viable. And the same thing is like with like, uh, um, you know, uh, warping uh, in Star Trek. Well, of course, like that may or may not be truth. That may or may, may not be the correct way that we can move faster than light. But that's not what Star Trek is about. Star Trek uses warp speed in order to tell a story about us. And that's what this movie does is it uses this this idea to tell a story about us. And I think that story about us is infinitely more interesting than what you're what you're what you're worried about, Josh, because I don't think that even comes into play. I don't think they're interested in even talking about it. It's more of a uh, just a hey, wouldn't it be cool if this tied in so we can tell this amazingly incredible nonlinear story that I did not even see coming that I could not that, that, that for me, somebody who is very into twists and mm-hmm. telling movies in uh, different um, in different fashions and I love Memento. And I this is this is up there with Memento and Prestige and, you know, you know, that kind of stuff where we, we we're playing with the audience perception of what is happening when. And I never saw that the, the, what was the ending, what was going to happen at the end coming a million miles away. That, that, that wasn't for me telegraphed. Which, which part of the end? Well, so we're in spoilers. Not at the so. very end. Where you realize that it's a flash forward. Yeah, it's a flash forward. You, you, she, she, she's seeing her future, not her past the entire time. That was amazing. I think it was amazing. More, I think uh, agreed. I think more than anything, they, they use, and this is what I, this is what I said at the beginning where I said, Josh is either going to love or hate this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so disappointing. What I think the filmmakers did here is they did research. Okay. And they use, use this more as a plot device. Um, yes. more than anything else and so for people that are intimately familiar with the world of linguistics obviously they are going to respond in one way where i can guarantee you no one in my theater maybe i mean i can't say no one the only thing they were thinking about when they left was the human element of it which was what i was saying at the very beginning which is a lot of sci-fi when it is very self-serious and it uses real world situations as as a framing device Oftentimes, spin its own, it spins its own wheels because it's so interested in that in the academia of it. This I thought married the emotional human part a lot better, and really just used the sci fi ness of it just to tell that story. I think. Yeah, and I and I think too, Josh. What what you're expressing is you understand perhaps the theory there, and so you get stuck on, well, it could mean this and this, and then you come to this logical conclusion about that, but. 99.9% of people walking out of that theater aren't thinking about linguistics when they leave. They aren't they aren't thinking about language or any of that. All they're thinking about is is what I do the same thing. Uh, oh, yeah. would would I would I decide to go through pain and suffering in order to uh, in order to choose life? Like that is you're, that's insane. That's amazing. I, I I loved it. It was it was beautiful. You're absolutely right. And that's why I'm I'm trying to stress that, yes, I was obviously much more caught up on this because of because of my educational background. Sure, I was probably too caught up in this. But the problem I have with it is not that the movie, um, is not that it's the entire movie's plot. Although I I did feel like they they did focus on it 
a little bit at least. They they went a little jargony with with writing systems and orthography and linguistics in general. The problem I have with it is not that they focused on it. It's that they planted a dangerous seed without without doing anything to counteract it. It, it. It's not that people left the theater talking about this. It's that they had an idea planted in their head without the proper grounding to realize that it's not necessarily a real scientific yeah. idea, but it's one that's very controversial sure, but and it, considered ludicrous by a lot of people. Okay, I, yeah, and I have it's no something that can that. be easily misused. Sure, but again, you have to, from a plot standpoint, you have to have a way for Amy Adams' character to begin to understand the her her abilities we'll call we'll call it mm-hmm. and so the only way that works is for the for them to posit that when you learn another language it reorients you so that you are now different than you were if if you didn't have that part in this movie it makes no sense that she all of a sudden starts hearing these voices and all these things that you don't know because then you think that she's just crazy so you have and to honestly ha- you have to have it there and honestly, Josh, maybe just because you're familiar with that, but when I walk, the way I walked around, when I walked out, I wasn't thinking it was only the language that changed her. And oh, maybe right. that's what maybe that's what the movie was trying to say, and maybe that's what the theory was trying to say. But for me, walking out of the theater, I just assumed when she opened herself up to it and she began to learn, that made her more aware of the creature's perception of time, the creature's ability, the whatever it is, and then they were able to fun- suddenly be able to connect with her that they wouldn't yeah, have been able to be unless they telepathic abilities that are transferred over. Exactly, she's breathing their atmosphere, like all of those could change and, her they, physiology. And, who, and who's and who's to say that they don't they don't experience time differently? Like that that that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be out of the the realm of possibility. Because what you're saying, Josh, is that you think they still experience the exact same thing that we do, right? But what if they don't? What if they see time as a nonlinear uh, sphere, just like their language? Like, I, I don't understand why that wouldn't be just as possible a theory or possible to walk out with as what you're saying. Well, she would have had to become one of them then in order to do that. But hold on. The, the two of you just made my point for me, which, which, is, which is very welcome and very nice. Um, in, in response to what Chad just said, the answer is exactly they could have done that. They could have done away with the mention of the pseudo theory. Well, not not pseudo theory, pseudo scientific theory. Well, I didn't even and hear. That. Hold on, hold on. They 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 could have not mentioned that. They could have spent their time talking about the writing system. Leave all that in there. That works fine. And then at the end, you get contact. You get when she goes inside the little chamber by herself. Um, she gets all of this imparted to her, and it's it's the magic moment. And yeah, but I think they changed. were. I think, and that, that's fine. But uh, you say it's fine, but for me that yeah, would be I less disagree. fine. Yeah, because yeah. that magic moment for me pulls me out. I, where and again, exactly. I, and I know what you'll say. But you'll no, say but it, that's it the whole happened. point. It's pseudoscience, blah 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 blah. But for me, that's the, fine. Their intent to keep it grounded and explain why these things were happening kept me plugged into it, as opposed to yeah. just a miracle moment that happened at the end. Exactly. And I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. You're saying this isn't a big focus of the movie and they want to keep it grounded. And I'm saying, fine, take away the literally like five minutes or less of the movie where they talk about this theory and leave in all the other technical grounding about writing systems, which is which is fine. And just take away the part that is 
very controversial and very easily misused and go from there I mean, and, I, I, and, I, I, and leave the magic moment the way it is currently because you can make those conclusions in your own mind that right. she went to the chamber and something so, happened. But that's, that's this, what I'm saying, though, is I'm, not a, I, I'm, just, I'm just a dumb guy from Tennessee, is that if they had done that, I would have had a, a much more difficult leap making the transition from how all of the sudden she is seeing these things. Is she losing right. her mind? Is she crazy? That explanation mm-hmm. for me was the bridge that enabled me to understand why she was able to do that. So for you, you rejected that because you knew it. For me, I guess I am exactly what you're railing against in that I needed that explanation for me to stay grounded in the story. Yeah, and and, and again, I I don't know enough about what you're talking about, and I think this is the least interesting part of the movie. um, I was just going to say, I've I've monopolized the spoilers discussion way too much. Go on. Yeah, this is that's it's fine. It's fine. It's okay to have worrisome to be worried about it. And I don't know enough about that deal, so maybe I'll check. But I mean, my feeling is, and maybe I'm wrong, that not the whole idea can be dangerous, but maybe it can. But um, I still feel like. You know, they probably took that idea, they ran with it, and then they built this amazingly complex uh, thing that I did not see coming. And unfortunately, it left you out of the emotion of it because I, I have a feeling it was probably that and also because you were with a group of friends who seemed like they were very smart and you wanted to analyze a smart science fiction film, whereas this movie is not that really. What this movie really is is about a woman deciding to make a choice to – choose life to have a life with a daughter that uh, would very would end in in heartbreak and that that was just an amazing uh, turn of events for me because what I was looking for was that Josh was the science fiction element and I forgot that they were talking about how this was true science fiction which is trying to say something about us and how we see one another how we treat each other and what what we put emphasis and what we put value on. And I just didn't see that. I, 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 we're watching a show right now on television that has a lot of supposed, supposedly twists and turns and all that kind of stuff. And none of them ever make me feel emotional. They make me feel like, oh, that was clever. But this, this her seeing a life that she would have um, for the entire film. Because, I mean, honestly, did, did, when, at what point... Chad, did you notice or did you realize that we were seeing flash forwards instead of flashbacks? I mean, did you ever catch on before the reveal? So you experienced. For me, I think it was when they showed the when they showed the septipod clay model for the first time. Exactly. Yeah. And when they showed the picture of of the two of them and the bird in the cage, like that that was the the clear reveal for me. Although I will say, I know this is maybe not to the point that you're making, but for me, I was I wanted to get a little bit annoyed at the ending because I felt like, why are we dragging this out? Like, why is he blurred in the background scene after scene after scene? Like, clearly we know it's him. We've known it's him for the last 30 minutes. So why are they pretending like it's still going to be a surprise? And I was a little bit annoyed by that. But when I like left the movie and started thinking about it, I realized that it, it, what, that, it wasn't about that reveal. It was about the the emotional depth of the choice that she made. And like, that's why they took time with multiple scenes at the end to fully like live, live in all of these moments of all these things that, that she chose to live through pain so that she could experience love. And so uh, then I was okay with the ending. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I think again, like, and, and I told Melody even on the way back it, while we were literally crying in the car together, thinking about, you know, that for me, there are so many points where I could like pick this movie apart. Like there are a lot of scientific flaws and issues and problems, but the, the emotionality of it for me overrides every single loose strand of plot hole or logic or any of that kind of stuff. Um, for me, it just, it, it, it came out of left field. I wasn't expecting it. And I know what the movie was trying to say to me was so powerful that, uh, for me, it just, it overrode whatever, um, flaws were there. So again, like I said before, this is my favorite movies of the year. Maybe I don't say ever, but it's pretty close. It's up there. It's it's a it's an interstellar, guys. Oh, it's an interstellar. Gosh. It's way better than interstellar. Uh, it has, way um, you know, and it, it, the first half of this movie, you have a clear kind of theme about communication and language and why we should do it right. and how people will go to war because they don't talk to each other. Uh, and even in the way that it's shot, like it literally has tons of single shots in this movie where almost it's being shot in such a way to show that it, even within people in, from the same country, they're isolated. Uh, and yeah. so it has this running theme of isolation and lack of communication, etc. And then I thought it was just going to come together in this little, we should talk to each other and everything can be worked out kind of message. And yeah, then and, and, when and, <laughs> the flash forward thing happened, yeah. I was like, oh no, what? What is What's happening? happening? What's happening? Yeah, and so that's I give it a lot of credit because I'm very cynical. I'm a very I love I want to go in and love every movie, but I'm also very cynical because I can I I know how the sausage is made, and so I, I have to I have to agree with you, Chris, that this is one of those rare times where I thought I knew what I was getting and mm-hmm. I was completely wrong, and it was delightful. And I, I ring that the the same bell that Melody was saying is I think this movie. We, we throw it around a lot, art. I think this movie is a work of art. I think it's beautiful at the end. And manipulative, yeah, but there's two different there's different kinds of manipulation. Like manipulation is like old yeller. They shoot the dog spoiler for yeah. old yeller, nineteen fifty seven. You love the dog mm-hmm. and they have to shoot the dog at the end. Okay, that's manipulation and we cry because we love the dog. This is different because it pays off in such a way that all the, the strands come together and it's about making a choice. It's mm-hmm. not about some horrible thing that we had to do. It's about choosing life and choosing love. And even if it's brief and as a parent of a four-year-old, are you freaking <laughs> kidding? Yeah. I'm going to start yeah. crying. You know, would I, yeah. you know, would I do it? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's and exactly right. And it's just, it's just a it's a work of art, and I'm thankful that this movie exists. I don't want to oversell it, but it's it's a work of art. It is. Yep. It truly is. And, and and the thing is too is is that you said the first half of this movie is it it, it totally is very stereotypical. Melody made the point, and I totally agree. When we were in the car, she also said like it is. Why do you go on this mission? Oh, it's because you don't have anything to live for. Because you your daughter died and your husband right. left you, and so it's like she's a stereotypical. Yeah, sure, she'll be the one to character. go to the alien space. Yeah, she's, she's gonna do it all. Nothing to live for. Like it, that's <laughs> and what she's I thought the best. Was. Yeah, and yeah. she's the you know, and it just and, it was, and she gets paired with a scientist, and they're both beautiful and single. <laughs> you know, well, I know, but all all that uh, stuff. But Jeremy but, Renner, beautiful. He's a beautiful man. Come my on. wife has something to say about that. But but what I mean by that is is that her character is so stereotypical that I did an eye roll. <clears throat> but as it yep. turns out, 
that wasn't who her character was at all. Right. Um, so what I thought I knew about her, I didn't know about her. I was learning the person that she would become. And that was just, I don't know. I, I, I know I keep talking about it, but it just really was incredible that I, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't realize that there was going to be a twist in this movie and I didn't know that I would walk out crying. So that's just, I mean, it really was for me, it was a great time in the movies and, and yeah. I can't recommend it higher. Yeah. All right. So tell me one thing related to the story of the movie. Um, when they first get on the chopper and she meets uh, Jeremy Renner for the first time, he's got her book. Is that the translating heptapod book? No, no. it can't be. I asked okay. the same question. No. Okay. No, no, no. no that's that's I, want to know. I, I want to know if your read on that was different than mine. No, I didn't think so. Mm. I think he even says the title. It's some sort of, it was one of yeah. her published works, but I don't think well, so. It couldn't, yeah. it, it couldn't be. They hadn't met them yet. That doesn't but matter. But I, I mean, did have does... the same thought, Josh. I did. What do you I mean it doesn't matter? Because time is a flat circle, Chris. No, but they were just meeting. What are you talking about, Josh? It does... <laughs> stop it. You two no, stop it. Just... Never mind. <laughs> just being silly. All right. That's yes. what you're saying, Josh, but no, it wasn't. Okay. Well, cause they were just meeting for the very first time. They didn't know one another. Stop it. Stop it Chris. Well, right. But by the end Stop of the it. movie, Stop time it. doesn't go, exist. Go, so I don't go both of you. Go to time your does exist. Oh my gosh. People. No, it literally doesn't. By the end of the movie, time is nonlinear. Like she, she sees uh, the future. She knows the Chinese guy's phone number before she calls him and before she's ever met him. Yeah. So time, time is not a thing anymore. For her, it's not a thing anymore. Right. She's able to see the future and the past and be able to interact. Yes. I thought it was awesome. What a brilliant, cool mechanic. That was great if they only hadn't brought Sapir and Worf into oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's freaking pretentious oh, go. linguist. Oh, so messed right. up. Come on. Well, all all I want to do is keep people from being any more racist than they already are. All right. Impossible. Dude, but, like, I don't watch that <laughs> movie and feel any seed of that planted in my mind at all. Because That's why you are a good person. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't. It doesn't Stop even. It. Do you realize yeah, we're we're that's... we're about to go into this again, people? We have to. <laughs> no, stop. we're we not. Have to stop. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap the discussion of spoilers on Arrival, and everyone should go see it and weep with the beauty of being human and choosing love and pain because it's magical. All right. We're now going to go into our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. For this week's top three, in honor of our main event arrival, we thought that we would try to pick our top three films, our go-in-blind movies, if you will, movies that we saw that going into them we literally knew nothing or very little about them so as to open ourselves up to a very surprising experience, either good or bad. In today's world of constant trailers and teasers and stories online about production it, it's becoming more and more difficult to find a movie that you don't already know so much about before you see it arrival thankfully for most of us was that kind of movie so it got us thinking what other movies have we been lucky enough or unlucky enough to experience with little knowledge so as to be surprised and delighted so we're gonna try and pick our top three movies and honorable mentions and I'll tell you what, let's start with Chris. Chris, what is your number three go-in-blind movie? Well, I think I'm going to go with 
for me anyway, Predestination. This is a movie we talked about a few years ago that I I was very much all excited about, and I think I tainted all of you because of it. My experience with it Absolutely. was I bought it and just decided to watch it, and for me, I had an amazing experience, and I think uh, that may have ruined it for the rest of you. But for me, Predestination, it really, it was it was crazy. Is that the one that you guys yes. had like that huge argument yes. about on the podcast yes. about yes. some plot? I don't remember that movie other than that it was terrible. That's all I remember about that movie. You don't remember that 30-minute argument you guys had because about it was, plot hole or something? It was, it was racist. That was the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh it's so weird. <laughs> Okay, so Josh, uh, I know that you typically, of all the screeners, this segment is your least favorite because it requires a breadth of... It requires critical thought, something (laughs) which I am very first to. Number one, you hate to put any time into this, and number two, you have to have seen a lot of movies, so it's a one-two punch. So uh, were you able to come up with the number three go-in-blind film? I was able to come up with the one movie out of there's always at least one from the top three segment where it's a complete misinterpretation of the rules as stated. And we do it (laughs) because we have no rules. So my number three for movies that you should go and blind to is, and this is, this is all for you, Chris and Melody. It's final cut because you won't watch it and you need to watch it. If only no, no, that's the worst you do movie. You need to watch that movie. Everybody listening to this, Final Cut. Nope. Do not <laughs> watch is. Final Cut. What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> the, the, the rules never stated it had to be a movie that you should see. It's oh my gosh! You should know nothing about when you turn it on. <laughs> is this the Robin Williams? You know, <laughs> no. It's Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. I don't even know. Oh, the boxer it's thing. I don't know. Oh my god! Because we turned it off halfway through it because yeah, Chris and Melody wouldn't let me finish it. Was that the name of the movie? What was the name of the movie? It wasn't the Final Cut, was it? What was it called? I'm pretty it sure was, that's what it was called. The final Cut. In the Cut. The in the Cut. In the, in the Cut. cut. There you go. Yes. Remember the name of it. In oh my the Cut. Gosh, that movie is awful. Oh <laughs> man. You're welcome. So are you saying we shouldn't see it? I'm it, confused. You know, I'm saying you shouldn't see it. you shouldn't know anything about it when you turn it on unless you don't turn it on. Okay. I don't I don't understand what Josh is doing tonight. I don't I don't he does not speak for I, I literally repeated it three times, Chris. I don't I think he I made don't himself pretty clear. I said tonight I repeated three I don't times. understand. Let's Listen, just let's move on. There's no doubt this segment has no rules. We can't deny that fact. All right. So Melody, what is your number three go in blind? Well, I feel like when you introed this segment, you said movies that we saw that we went in blind that we were surprised and delighted. So I went with that. So my my top three are all I, I was glad that I didn't know about this movie. I made it a better experience for not having known things. And while pretty much every film that I've ever gone in blind to is better for having gone in blind to it, no doubt. I do have a top three that I feel very confident in. So my number three on the list is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, nice. Oh, very good pick. Very, very, very good pick. I I won't say too much about it because, honestly, I feel like even giving this list for, like, anyone who hasn't seen these movies, now we're already ruining them a little bit because... No, we're saying... 
We're saying okay. watch this movie. I mean, that's what, what jo- Josh is screwing it up. But we're saying watch this movie. <laughs> don't know anything else about it before you watch this movie. Yeah, Just we, know that our suggestion is saying watch this movie without knowing anything yeah, else. We are not no, what's going to screw it up is when I say, so what happens in this movie? And you tell me what happens because I don't remember. And then it ruins it for everyone else. Yeah. You don't remember Cabin in the Woods? Did you see no, Cabin I, in the Woods? I don't, probably not. Well, you make well, a point. we aren't saying that these are movies that all have twists in them. So let's right, just get sure. that. We're just saying these are movies that That's correct. you go in blind. You don't know a lot. You should. They're best seen in that way. And I'm honestly, Indeed. I've in my old age, I've become more crotchety, and I'm kind of, I'm caught in this quandary because I love trailers. I think trailers are a work of art in and of itself. I think modern trailers are dumb because they're two and a half minutes and they tell you the whole story arc of the movie, but. Right. I was so delighted with Arrival, I know it's a great movie, to have not seen a full trailer or any of that stuff that I'm really starting to go to the other side that I want to try to stay away from it as much as I can. But my number three, here's the thing. I, if I had my hand on a Bible, I would just tell you the same, same truth. My number three is Cabin in the Woods. I don't know what? what's happening here, Melody. It's nice. so weird. But that it is. is weird. That was a movie where, I, because it was Josh Whedon, I didn't know anything about it, didn't want to know anything about it, and yep. went in blind, and wow, it was not yeah. what I expected uh, in, the, in, on, a, in a good way, in a very good it's way. It's on my list, too, so I'm just going to like change my list around. But I'll just say that's in my honorable mentions, because Cabin in the Woods is definitely one of those movies. So Chris is always awesome. trying to take stuff off his list. Yes. No, I'm just... I'm, I'm just I actually, I, no, 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 I, I have minute. five. I have five movies on this list, and I'm just well more than that. Actually, I'm just trying to decide so that would help me with my decision making process. It's okay. one. I have a clear top three that I'm not going to change because they're Fantastic. three, two, one. I do. Too. I have a three, two, one. All right. Well, let's go back to Chris. So, Chris, tell us what yeah. your new number two is. Well, for me, you know, this movie surprised the heck out of me because I was expecting just a regular run-of-the-mill documentary and it changed tremendously over the the watching this film and that movie is called imposter if you haven't seen that movie i know i've talked about it several times but for me don't know anything about it don't read anything about it just hit play yes one of the most beautiful documentaries ever filmed it's gorgeous that's a great great pick Mm -hmm. all right joshua what's your number two i can hardly wait I feel like that should be on my list too, but I have a hard time remembering. I know I remember the plot, but I have a hard time remembering my experience of the imposter. Anyway, um, my number two and one are probably very stereotypical, the picks that you would expect. And number two, I'm a little less sure that I was completely blind going into it, but I don't think I, I don't think I knew the whole picture. So number two is the usual suspects. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a solid pick. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Very good and a great movie. All right, Melody, uh, what is your number two? Well, I did consider The Usual Suspects, but I feel like this one tops it a bit. And I know it, my thunder was stolen a little bit because it was already mentioned, but it's Memento. Yeah. I feel like that is classic. It, it has to be said. It, ha- it has to be in my list. So there it is. Yeah, Memento. It's a great, great, great pick. My number two is a movie called The One I Love from 2014. It's uh, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. And it's a story about, and I only saw this because I, I saw so many people talking about 
go see this movie. It's great. It's great. It's great. It was on. It's on Netflix. Never saw a trailer, and that was the warning. Don't don't see anything about it. The premise is a married couple goes off on like a little getaway to try and help their marriage, and strange things start to happen. And that's all you're gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Strange things start to happen. Not, and I'll just yeah. And this movie blew my mind because it is you. You talk about watching a movie that you think is one thing and it's something else. This is it, and it keeps you guessing until the end. I don't even want the genre. Honestly, I can't even. I, I'll just leave it there. The one I love. There you go. And it's on Netflix, so you should see it. Which brings us to our number one picks. Chris, out of your five, have you shuffled the deck enough to know which one is number one? Well, you know, it's so difficult. And um, I got an entire category here um, of films because when I started thinking about these types of movies – Obviously, Christopher Nolan's movies came to mind because a lot of his movies you shouldn't know anything about. But I think even more so, and this is in the category that I've chosen, is all of David Fincher's movies, every single one of them. Uh, and I'm going to choose a Gone Girl more specifically because when we when I saw Gone Girl, I didn't know what uh, what I was what, what to expect or what what I was going into, uh, and I was genuinely blown away. It was not quite on the emotional level of Arrival, but when I walked out of Gone Girl, I was like, "Whoa! I did not I didn't know that, that was what was happening." So, Gone Girl would be it for me. Hmm. That's a great pick. I, I didn't know anything about that story of the book either. I went in the same way, and I was. I agree wholeheartedly. It was like, woo. All right. Joshua, number one. Number one has been stolen from me, but that's fine. It's Memento. Deserves deserves a repetition. Yep. Yeah. It does. Absolutely. Good pick. Have you guys seen <laughs> the recut version of that? No, I have not. I didn't know it <laughs> existed. Not, but, but that yeah, sounds I, awful. I knew it existed. I thought it was on the special features of the DVD. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. Did maybe. you? I feel like it was on YouTube chat. as well at one point. Did you see, because um, we're watching uh, Westworld right now, but um, Christopher Nolan goes through the timeline of uh, Memento with this uh, reporter bef- right as the movie was coming out. And it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. Like Christopher Nolan's like firing all cylinders. He's like, you know, I, I'm the director and I totally understand all this. And he's like, l- he draws out this diagram of why they chose to tell the story this way and how it works and I what they... I seen that. I mean, I'll have to send it to you guys. It really is fascinating to hear him talk about it. It's it's amazing. Uh, Melody, what is your number one going blind? Well, I feel very confident with this choice. And this, it's, it's an older film, but it's one like, I feel like it changed my life. I feel like it changed my interaction with filmmaking like forever. Like for Chris, it was Jurassic Park or whatever. For me, honestly, I feel like it was this movie. And this is one where... I literally knew absolutely nothing about it. It, I mean, I'm pretty sure if memory serves that I saw this film by walking into a blockbuster video, perusing around and picking this off the shelf because it was new and it looked interesting. It's Hellraiser, isn't it? That's what uh, I always saw walking through Blockbuster. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, the original Hellraiser is a great movie. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, never seen it. Okay, so but my pick is the the correct pick. For the top slot in this segment, The Matrix. Really? You saw yeah, The sure. Matrix knowing nothing about it? Not a thing. Wow. And it That's pretty mind. impressive. Yep. Wow. Yep. It was the most magical movie like experience probably ever because I, remember, I literally knew nothing. That's amazing. I remember that 
that marketing campaign, what is the matrix? Like they did like the whole viral marketing deal where there was websites put up and I was yeah, all into it. I never saw any of that. Never it was rated it. Unfortunately, it was rated R, so I wasn't able to actually see it until I, I went over to your house, Melody, <laughs> when it came out on video and I watched it there. You young babies. Yes. <laughs> I was plenty old enough to see it. I remember I saw that movie by myself and loved it, but I, I, I knew a lot about it going in. Um, yeah, well, I knew nothing. My number one is one where it actually became a subgenre, almost a parody of itself. But the first time that I saw this movie, I knew literally nothing about it, and it <laughs> blew me away. And that is the documentary Catfish. Oh and yeah! So mm. It actually became a show, and, and now it's it's almost a, it's like you can say, "Are you being catfished?" It became a thing. And this doc, have you guys actually seen the documentary, the original documentary? Yes. Okay. Yes. So now that it's so culturally known what that means, it, it wouldn't have the same impact. But back when it first came out, without going into what it was, it was shocking to say the least. And so I saw this knowing nothing about it other than it was a documentary that a lot of people had recommended. And it, in that time period, at that moment in time, it was it was it was pretty mind blowing. So. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And in, in, in that regard, it's it's you 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 hit the nail on the head because when you saw it, you didn't know what catfish meant. But right. when I saw it, I did. Right. And so after I finished the movie, I was like, I, obviously that's what was what was going to happen. I, I I walked away very feeling like underwhelmed. Yeah. I guess. So yeah, that, that's kind of the, the definition. Polar opposite for it's me. The, yeah, <laughs> I would imagine if you, if if it's a new concept, walking in seeing that movie, it would be it would be rather mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good pick. Yeah, that was it. That was it. So those are our top three. Do we have any honorable mentions, Chris? You already picked an entire yeah. director's filmography. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more? Well, I mean, come on, think about that. David Fincher's films. We're talking Fight Club, no, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, sure. Seven. Sure. I mean, come on, those yeah. are great. Another movie that I was going to say that was on my list that um, I didn't was uh, a movie that Mel and I watched together called Coherence. That's a that's a good one to to watch. I think that one's on Netflix that you can watch. Um, so that's a good film just to kind of go in not knowing a thing about it. Cool, Josh or Melody, do you guys have any honorable mentions? I had. Um, uh, I had Ten Cloverfield Lane and I had Frailty. On oh, my Frailty! Oh, that's great. Great. Ten Cloverfield yeah. Lane is a good pick yeah. though too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> that's that's a good pick for me for the same reason my number three was a pick. Oh, for the love! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, only I had, had an honorable mention, but it was stupid, so never mind. No, no, we, we we've passed that line with you, Josh. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. No, I literally can't remember it. If if it comes to mind, I'll let you know. I only had one, and Chris already mentioned it in, on his actual list, and that was Gone Girl. So that's our top three. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, be sure to chime in on Facebook and tell me what a horrible, overbearing, pretentious, awful person I am, and how right Chad is and how wonderful Chris's movie criticism is and how Melody is just the glue that holds us all together. But make sure you hit the I'm a terrible person part because that's been the theme here. Yep. Anyways, join us next time when we will be talking about Moana. If Facebook isn't your thing, you can hit us up on Twitter at ScreenersCast or send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. 
You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.